Hi everyone, and we're back in in the mix with Myla. So what a week! Oh man, just to jump right in. Um, I mean, last week was a little bit more of a heavier topic, so I'm kind of switching gears and keeping things lighthearted. But I still have my thoughts and prayers, of course, with the uh, with the state of Texas, especially the town of Uvalde and the family and friends and so on that lost uh, those loved ones that passed on in the unfortunate school shooting along with the uh, family and friends and loved ones of the souls that were lost in the Buffalo supermarket incident. It's just really insane. And I think I've recently heard that something happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, if it's possible. I'd have to do more research on that. But like, honestly, gun violence in the US is just insane. I mean, I'm not gonna unpack that again today. But I do want to say that um, I hope there's change. Praying for change is one thing. Doing actual instinctual change is a whole complete other. I've seen even um, where I'm at, my city, let alone uh, the country, Canada, like, you know, banding together to try and put uh, freezing freezing bans on guns and different laws and regulations in place when I heard that the whole NRA had a whole convention like days after uh, the shooting in, 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 in Texas. And I just think to myself, like, where do your priorities lie? Again, no, no say to like abolish guns or whatever. And like, you know, we don't need them. I mean, the military needs them. Uh, I understand like having them in the sake of protection, but having a very thorough screening process, checking someone's um, psychological and mental health with regards to owning and possessing a gun in their property, like there just should be, it shouldn't be that easy. Like it really shouldn't be that easy. Like, I mean, for me, access to guns and recreational drugs in the US alone just seems way too easy. I heard a really good podcast actually uh, earlier today on, um, for those of you who know uh, the Red Table Talk with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, her daughter Willow Smith, and her uh, mother, uh, also known as Yami. Um, They have a really good segment that I just listened to that I think it was up like uh, it was an episode that aired last week with regards to like the opioid crisis in the US, let alone in this in the city and state of New York Um, and uh, just the unfortunate passings that happen on a day to day basis because of just the addictions of all the kinds of opioids, all the different kinds of substances that are just available like on the black market or just, I guess, just easy access to however people obtain them. And then the craziest thing, one of the number one deadly substances being um, uh, recreational drugs linked to fentanyl or having traces of fentanyl and just a very small um, dose of fentanyl laced in any kind of narcotic um, can take you out of this world like that. So, I mean, that's just going off topic. I can save that for another segment, but just to say, in light of everything that's going on, it's good to know that um, it's great that you get to listen to different podcasts that I love listening to that I get those kinds of information, just that insight and like learn about, you know, ways in which we can do better, be more aware that these things are happening and try to find uh, rhymes and reasons for, I mean, finding rhymes and reasons. There's already enough reasons to just kind of take action and um, stop letting these things fall on deaf ears and just talking about it. Like actually taking action would be the best course of action, best protocol for the US and just the world in and of itself in any which way we can help. 
So switching gears, I'm gonna make this um, segment a little bit more lighthearted. I think um, we deserve it in the world, having a bit of like some good banter, good conversation with you guys. I mean, it's just me, myself and I today. I would have loved to have uh, my boyfriend Joey jump on the podcast, but uh, he wasn't available uh, today. So um, we'll hopefully hear from him on a future podcast. Gonna try and get him on along with my girlfriends and um, anyone else that's uh, able and willing to reach out and wants to have a conversation with me about, I guess, more or less different topics that I'm intrigued on talking about and just to get the conversation going. I think I have a few conversation starters that I'm going to share with you guys today. So hopefully I can get some uh, someone on the podcast to kind of, um, I guess, like deep dive into that a little bit more and have our like kind of back and forth. I do wish for that soon instead of having these like, um, I guess, internal, internal, now external monologues with y'all. So yeah. So with that, I'm going to start with just like entertainment news that I've been just seeing that I've just been really, really wanting to engage in that I've taken some notes on. So, uh, I mean, one of the biggest headlines that's been happening in and around the world, I mean, predominantly in the US, but of course, I mean, if you're watching entertainment news, how could you not focus on this headline that just came out? I think it was Wednesday. Yes, that the verdict was ruled that, um, Johnny Depp essentially won the uh, Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp trial. The verdict has been reached and I'm going to read the quote that I read in uh, E! News just to make sure that I um, don't miss anything in terms of how I am giving the news. But yes, so from E! News, the article, and I quote the E! News article that I read on uh, Instagram, more than six weeks after the trial centered around Depp's $50 million dollar defamation lawsuit against his ex-wife began in a Virginia courtroom, a jury reached a decision. After 13 hours of deliberation, the jury ruled that Heard was liable of defaming Depp. The jury awarded $10 million to Depp in the compens- compensatory damages and then $5 million in punitive damage, so we're totaling $15 mil. Uh, as for Heard's countersuit, the jury awarded the actress $2 million in compens- compensatory damages. And um, soon after, the verdict was read on June 1st. And then uh, Amber Heard actually released a statement. I don't really want to get into it too, too much. I don't want to read verbatim what she read. But just to kind of give you an overview, I think she felt that in the fact that she lost the case, that she kind of lost her voice. And you know what? First things first. I mean, to say that I picked a side, I can't really say that I picked a side in the case, but um, Johnny Depp's testimony, a lot of the cross-examining, and then the people who uh, kind of testified on his behalf just seemed a lot more credible. I don't know that what that says about Amber Heard if I'm basically saying that um, I don't believe anything she said. I mean, at the end of the day, my opinion on it doesn't really matter because the jury of their 13-hour deliberation that they did felt differently they felt that johnny had a leg to stand on and amber didn't in this case and i think one of the biggest things was was she sexually assaulted by johnny in that relationship that they had did those things really happen especially with the severed finger and all these different uh things that came to light and with unfortunately using um you know uh, a bottle to um to um to sexually assault her all these different like allegations that came to light i mean the jury i guess deliberated saying that 
from my understanding that wasn't necessarily the case or we're not really focusing on that or johnny just seems more credible i guess lo and behold so my thoughts and opinions on that are it's not that i ever want to believe that a sexual assault victim of any gender race creed religion what have you um you know is lying to an extent but it 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 was hard to i guess with all the evidence so basically all the evidence that just kind of you know came out to light um for amber i mean it kind of seemed it seemed wishy-washy it felt very storytelling it felt very leading um you know johnny just seemed to have there there seemed to be more of this rhetoric that uh just seemed more credible so honestly i true truly i did think johnny was gonna win just from very early on and not necessarily for 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 uh for good reason initially at the at the beginning because my thing is is to always believe the victim first so the victim that is claiming that this these horrible things happened to her my immediate thought is that um you know you want to believe someone that says that they've been sexually assaulted it's very hard to like downplay that sugarcoat it and just kind of be like oh well it happened and whatever no like you're you should be outraged someone tells you that and i think from my love for uh all things law and order uh special victims unit svu um i definitely hearing those stories or watching them in the show and like knowing that these things happen and let alone you know Again, I don't like to put a whole like um, gender uh, bias on this because I know these things happen to men too. There seem to be more stories of these things happening to women. You you just even feel a little bit more me myself as a woman having to listen to another woman and having that happen to her. Um, you know, it's it, it's heart wrenching. It's heartbreaking, and uh, it's it's horrible to know. Like even like even if there's even an ounce of something truthful and credible about that how could you not uh you know take that into consideration and feel for her but you know when you look and examine the the entirety of the case and if you don't look at just that situation although for me that's a big thing but if you look at the entirety of the case how i see it they were both abusive to each other verbally abusive most likely physically abusive from my understanding anyway and uh emotionally abusive to no end all the all levels of abuse were very prominent in that relationship therefore that just rules it out as being a toxic relationship and they weren't healthy for each other so there was definitely some pretty slanderous and you know terrible uh things done on both parties and uh you know at the end of the day, I said it from the very first time I spoke about it. Um, I don't think there's any winners in the situation. As uh, Johnny said, he kind of regained his 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 life back. And I guess his notoriety and credibility is kind of back intact from winning this, 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 uh, this uh, defamation lawsuit. But at the same time, it's to say that uh, an unfortunate thing happened. An unfortunate thing took place. These two people fell in love at some point it got really volatile and then it was just volatile for years and years and years on end that would bring you know amber uh 
her to write this op-ed to post in the Washington Post and to just air out all your, your laundry like that and let alone having a sexual assault um, 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 component play a role in the whole thing is just wild and like messed up on so many levels and uh, I honestly wish both of them the best respectively and like respectfully and on to bigger and better things and like hopefully this doesn't taint who they are as individuals to a certain extent it's awful that these things happen it's awful that people could have been found to be lying and being uh non-factual and you know just trying to be um omitting all kinds of things from from the real thing at play who really knows i guess to a certain extent what went down in those moments with them besides the two of them there are people probably listening in like i know that um uh, amber Heard's sister was uh privy to some of the stuff that was happening she would even witness some of their interactions uh uh johnny and and amber and then you know uh the bodyguards and all these different things but if you kind of really walk through the weeks of uh deliberations that took place you know you know in terms of you know the things that the jury had to listen to and then kind of i guess maybe kind of sway one way or another about for weeks on end this thing went on what did i say six weeks earlier you know there was a lot of information that was given and there's so much volatility like i just can't i can't even focus too much of my energy on talking about that more just because it's just so sad that like you know uh you know marriages end sometimes in divorce and it's a sad thing but like when you go out like so such on toxic terms i mean it's it's just it's it's hard to even imagine that that could be people like myself you and me you know what i mean like you don't have to have like celebrity status these things happen to people all the time hopefully not to that degree but i can only imagine so you know definitely wish them well i mean they're celebrities at the end of the day so you know their their lives are forever going to be in the public eye forever going to be scrutinized i think this trial this case will haunt them forever regardless of it being over and we'll i guess we'll get to see and keep in the know of what's that's what's the latest post you know life after the trial for the both of them respectfully so yeah Moving on to other news that I, I'm so eager to get into. Yes, so a very little small little window before I dive into my next topic. Um, for those of you who have watched the NBC show This Is Us, I'm not sure if I spoke about it on a former episode uh, already, but This Is Us was the show that was on on NBC that just finished ending after I believe it was five seasons. Don't quote me. I have watched all the seasons, but I can't remember if it's five seasons or not. Um, with an amazing ensemble cast consisting of Emilio uh, Vettimiglia, Chrissy Metz, Mandy Moore, Sterling K. Brown, and just, oh, and Justin Hartley, of course, and then a bunch of other amazing, notable people in the cast. But, I mean, the show came to an end last Tuesday. It is the first week without the show forever, and I just can't imagine. I'm telling you, you guys, this is us as a work of art. Mandy Moore deserves an Emmy honestly amazing as rebecca pearson she is the matriarch of the show she is the show in so many ways i mean all the characters play pivotal roles in the show but 
for me, Mandy Moore still remains my favorite, favorite, favorite character, favorite TV mom, you know, of any show that I've ever witnessed in terms of a, you know, a drama, a drama, but storytelling and and drama in the best way type of show. It's just fantastic. If you've watched it, live as it's aired for the past five seasons you know what i'm talking about for those of you who have not watched it i believe it's on netflix please binge you'll love it if you're into like a storytelling piece of work of art it's about these you know three siblings that like you know have this tight-knit relationship they have their ups and downs and struggles but their parents are just amazingly stellar jack and rebecca pearson i mean i don't even know how much more to get into it i'm just really sad that the show has ended it ended so beautifully it really came full circle from the beginning of the story to the middle and the end uh no stone was left unturned i think it answered all our questions i would have loved to see how you know these characters kind of like you know moved on you know after the finale ended like i feel like it needs its own spin-off because it's just that good but you know i do think the story tied in well the writers of this is us the directors and producers they mean they're amazing it is a masterpiece it's a work of art and um if they're not winning at least one emmy i think they deserve more the show on a whole just outside of the actors and actresses that um, play in the show um if that show does not deserve uh, doesn't win some emmys i'd be very like high key offended and disappointed because the show is just amazing so i mean for those of you like i said that know the show you get it for those of you who have never watched it please binge it it's it, it's just that good and uh i definitely love to hear opinions about it like i mean i'd love to talk to someone about it i mean i talked to uh one of my girlfriends daisy about it on a regular basis and we're both super sad that the show is ending but uh yeah so that just little tidbit i wanted to share just because um it's a show that i love near and dear to my heart it's a part of entertainment news i mean the show's been on for five seasons i mean it's amazing i'm saying five i want to hope it's five i should really be googling if this is us was five seasons um but yeah, it's uh, it's an incredible show. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Six seasons, sorry. So I just Googled it. It is actually six seasons. So six seasons, amazing. Uh, NBC put the can on it. Or I guess, I don't know if it's the writers or the producers. Never know how when shows come to their series, come to an end, who really is making that decision. Is it the actors, actresses that play a role? Is it the you know cast and crew, the director? Uh, you know, producers, the, you know, NBC being the network that it aired on as a whole. I'm not quite sure. I don't know why the show came to an end, but at the same time, I do feel that they were able to get the story of what they wanted to tell in six seasons. It was, it was very well written to the point that it expanded all six seasons and no episode left you unbothered, uh, boring, uh, not in tears a lot of the time there's happy tears crying tears sad tears but it's amazing so that's what i'll say on that with regards to um with regards to uh the next topic i want to get into is uh jersey shore 2.0 so i don't know how many of you are jersey shore fans so for those of you who are not jersey shore fans you're not gonna care for this too much but i'm speaking on it because 
I've been a fan of Jersey Shore since the very beginning. I believe they started in 2010. And now, you know, the Jersey Shore component has ended because everyone's kind of gotten older and whatever. So the partying and whatnot is on a more, uh, you know, mature level, if you will. There's still drama and there's still like the Jersey Shore references and classics and who the cast is of the, um, the cast and crew are of Jersey Shore, you know. You still have your Polly D with his yeah buddy. You still have, you know, gym tanning and laundry. You still have cabs are here and all those fun terms. Uh, but yeah, uh, the fact that uh, MTV made an announcement, I think it was last week, that they are planning to do a Jersey Shore uh, 2.0, being that they would like to kind of reenact or it's weird to say reenact because i mean it is reality tv so i guess some of it it's supposed to be unscripted television i do feel that some of it is produced for sure to get a rise in entertainment uh, value and shock you know for the audience watching but uh long story short they're trying to get a uh what you call it they're trying to get a um a, a new a new like short I guess maybe the old short house with a new cast I guess is kind of the concept they're trying to um, reenact Jersey Shore from what it was they mean 2.0 it's pretty self-explanatory but my goodness I know people like myself we are in super uproar to hear about that because I'm just like why it, it it's originally them it's originally who they are uh i know angelina snooki jwow i think all of them actually and you know the situation paulie d Vinny, they all have expressed dina too i think they all express i just remember seeing angelina's and she actually tweet uh retweeted my uh my my tweet about the fact that you know they're trying to have everyone all their loyal fans kind of uh, like you know stand together and band together in solitude to say that like my thing is is that when you do a spin-off of a show it's one thing so they have like jersey shore family vacation for those of you who have continued watching and keeping up with the whole jersey shore gang but you know to reenact and recreate rather the the same show it's kind of like been there done that you know, it's very different when it's like, you know, yeah, Floribama Shore, I know, or Gordy Shore, you know, where they have the same concept, but in a different, you know, country or state in the US, if you will. But recreating the exact same formula in the same Jersey Shore house, let's say, or, uh, you know, in Jersey, it just, to me, it doesn't make sense. It falls on deaf ears and, um, for lack of a way of putting it just because it makes it it just continues to re-perpetuate the idea that there's no originality out there there's no original thoughts or processes that uh you know producers are coming up with i'd love to create a show where uh you know you'd see something new and fresh i don't have that gift <laughs> this is why i do a podcast instead to talk about all this stuff but you know it would be nice for them to have you know thought about that before actually thinking of executing a Jersey Shore 2.0, think about how the original gang feels. They would want to have, you know, that kind of be their thing. They are what Jersey Shore is. We associate Snooki, the situation, Dina, Polly D, Vinny, Wow, Ronnie, you know, Angelita. We associate them and their extended family with 
Jersey Shore. There is no other Jersey Shore like the Jersey Shore. You have Floribama Shore, you have Gordy Shore, I think in, in the UK. I mean, people know those shows individually as their own thing. So to re recreate the same thing this that formula it's not like it's the bachelor the bachelorette or like big brother or the challenge or another mtv show i'm referencing uh you know it, it's a different concept so the formula for what it is to me doesn't really i don't i wouldn't want to watch another like a 2.0 version of the same thing it's like usually sequels aren't good <laughs> that's basically what i'm equ i'm equating it to what i'm gonna we're gonna have another snooki another jaywalk like it's it's a weird concept in the sense of these people are uniquely them we we know them for being who they are what they bring to the table the craziness the fun the drama the rowdiness and wildness it, it i wouldn't want another version of me walking out there it's like a clone of who i am and i'm not anybody notable so to speak but you know I would hate to know that there was another version of me out there and someone trying to like impersonate me like for the purpose of entertainment in that way. I get like when you have like, you know, you know, uh, impersonators like a share impersonator, Britney Spears, what have you. But in the formula, I do feel like they should own it. I would like to know that they're the ones that kind of made the show what it is and that's why they were able to have spin-offs in different states and countries they're the ogs it doesn't really make much sense for um them to do a 2.0 i'm totally on board with uh, the whole uh the whole cast the og cast for saying that you know they're super against it they're not for it they're 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 what jersey shore was all those years ago and still to this day they're still relevant the fact that they want to make a 2.0 they are still relevant. They have the fa um, the family vacation. I think the um, third season or fourth season is about to, uh, uh, the trailer is supposed to air, I think, in, in a matter of days or weeks, I hear. It's supposed to come out later this year, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So to me, it's just like it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense to redo that. So that's what I'll say on that, guys. Um... Yes, so switching gears a little bit now to more my show content. Um, there is one headline that I definitely want to talk about before I get into my uh, reality TV, my Real Housewives recaps, because I have a couple to do this week. I'm not going to speak about Atlanta because um, Atlanta skipped this Sunday and I just feel like full transparency, love Atlanta. I'm finding it a little bit slow right now, so not really down to recap it i'm hoping that maybe next sunday's episode will bring about more stuff to like kind of recap and talk about but uh beverly hills was giving this week and then we have the premiere of real housewives of dubai that just aired on wednesday night so i am super excited to recap those because uh i watched them both and i have a lot to say about both so before we get into that i'm gonna just end off my entertainment headlines and the last one is for those of you who are part of bachelor nation or watch uh, the bachelorette or bachelor in paradise you will know that um a former bachelorette herself and bachelor and a bachelor alum i guess so to speak in the sense of she was on the bachelor initially uh transitioned to becoming a bachelorette a, a former bachelorette now and she was on bachelor in paradise last season we have becca krufrin who just proposed to her um her boyfriend now fiance's uh thomas who actually was on a uh, uh, katie 
Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Katie Thurston's season of The Bachelor, he was actually coined as the villain and then he actually appeared on our beaches or the beaches of Mexico rather. I say the, our beaches for Bachelor Nation fans, but the beaches of Mexico in uh, last, seasons of la last season of Bachelor in Paradise. So with that, I found it very interesting because the big twist, I mean, I was rooting for this couple for a very long time because they definitely had their ups and downs on the show. Thomas has definitely gotten a bad rep since Katie's season. And personally, me, I've never been one that was super for the villainizing of Thomas. I get how some of the things that he did were maybe questionable and shady on Katie's season. And if you know, you know. I'm not going to get into that, but um, for those of you who do follow this couple, you know, seeing them, you know, get engaged was was great. Super rooting for them. The twist that I think no one really saw coming. Some people said they did I, from what I saw on Twitter, but um, and uh, and I think a few of her friends, like her friends and and also Bachelor Nation alum as well that had spoke spoke on it on podcasts that I'm I'm accustomed to listening to had mentioned that um not mentioned excuse me rather that uh, she proposed to him i thought that was super super interesting you know it's not every day that you hear a proposal of you know the opposite sex you know proposing so she actually proposed to uh, thomas and you know what more power to her rightfully so i get it this is actually her third engagement based on her um time on uh, the show itself. She had gotten uh, engaged to uh, Ari on Ari's season of The Bachelor. Then they had quickly, as quickly as they got engaged, as quickly as they got divorced. It was one of the most craziest like uh, TV breakups I think anyone has ever witnessed in Bachelor Nation or let alone reality TV. It was freaking wild to see a um, breakup to that magnitude or break off of an engagement to that magnitude. It was wild. If you guys remember it, uh, when Becca was on RE season and she quote unquote won. Uh, but then you have fast forward, I think the next season was her season of The Bachelorette. Then she was engaged to her guy, um, my God, what was his name? Garrett, that's how irrelevant it is now. It, so much has happened for Becca since, you know, all of her time in on the show. Uh, that time when she was you know the bachelorette so she was engaged to um this um contestant named garrett and that lasted i think for about maybe two years or so but then a lot of the things they weren't seeing eye to eye on i know um there's a lot of questionable stuff about him with regards to um what you gonna call it i guess more so where they're up um priorities kind of lined up especially where their political views i think they were had a lot of opposing political views so that was uh, very interesting to hear about back when it was being talked about but then fast forward to last summer she was on the beaches of paradise and uh she met thomas there because thomas just coming off of katie season if you guys know the formula usually bachelor in paradise they take um the uh contestants obviously that didn't not not generally always but the contestants that left earlier on in the seasons past they come on the show but lately they've been bringing my gosh we have becca they've never had before her a bachelor bachelorette like the actual like main person actually appear on the beach it has always just been contestants of those bachelor bachelorettes so they met on the, the beaches of mexico it worked out 
at their time there they broke up and now they're engaged less than a year later it's crazy or maybe a little over a year now although apparently according to um what news has it uh i think they've been keeping the secret of the engagement on the down low for a while so they just recently came out about it and said that i think it was on monday if i'm not mistaken this monday that just passed so she proposed to him super cool and uh what have you but it's definitely a topic that is not brewing in my head constantly but definitely something that's very interesting to me is the idea of how um how people feel about that concept you kind of breaking those traditional um marriage norms or getting engaged in the whole process of the marriage norms and not having in a obviously heterosexual relationship not having um the man get down on one knee and propose to the woman versus and you know the 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 um, woman doing it for the man i don't know if becca got down on one knee don't know the logistics and the details of their engagement we, they haven't released too much information just uh, just content on uh, instagram but it is very interesting you know to get people's perspective on how they feel about uh, a man proposing um sorry a woman proposing to a man I know my thoughts on it is um i personally would not want that so that's not my vibe i definitely would like to be proposed to i am old school in that way so when if and when that day comes i definitely would want to be proposed to i don't feel like mm, i think a lot of it has to do too with the symbolism of it as well in the sense of that when you are um getting engaged and you obviously hopefully in that regard if that ever happens i would hate to know of anyone that you know gets engaged and says no it's, it's rough i can only imagine it's never happened to me but i can only imagine um you know when you get proposed to the symbol of the engagement ring is typically worn by the woman and given to the woman in becca's case they actually got Th- uh, thomas a uh, a ring so when Becca proposed she actually proposed to him with a ring which I thought was even more interesting because it's not every day that you know typically I figure you get it you the woman's proposing to the man he says yes you're engaged that's it there is there's not that symbolic exchange of the ring so that was an interesting twist but then it's like then does does the does the woman wear a ring too does she give herself a ring like how does that work so shoot me if you know i like things the old school way i do however let me add that i do know that uh becca has her own ring as well so as much as she proposed to him she has a ring and he has a ring but she did propose to him with a ring from my understanding so they both have rings which i have so many thoughts on all of this so one of my biggest things is of course the general thought how do people feel about the man being the one that is getting proposed to and like i said i gave my thoughts on it i'm not really for it for my own personal self but hey to each their own i don't knock it i don't think there's anything wrong with it i think it's cool do you boo and basically whatever floats your boat type of deal um i don't think there's any set in stone rules anymore it's 2022 like get with the program it's really a free-for-all however you choose to live your life and do the things you want to do do it um my second thought on it is um do people feel that both parties should be wearing an engagement ring because 
traditionally has its dance, the men don't get anything until the wedding day when they get their wedding band, like, uh, you know, at the ceremony or what have you. So should it be a thing? I personally love the idea of a man having an engagement ring. I don't know how they would feel about having two rings. I think that's where it becomes a little problematic. So I was doing my research and I also had heard on um, the Bachelor Nation podcast that I listened to called Clickbait with um, with uh, Tia Booth, Natasha Parker, and, and Grocery Store Joe. I cannot pronounce his last name, so sorry, Joe. <laughs> but, you know, on their podcast today, as they were talking about... Um, uh, Becca and Thomas's engagement that uh, was it um, yeah apparently some people do watches for engagements for the men so basically how I understand it is that still the whole traditional sense of it uh, a man proposes to a woman woman says yes woman gets ring but then the man gets a watch and I had done my research on this because I was extremely dumbfounded when I heard this podcast segment and I was like what I've never heard maybe you know maybe there are other people out there that are like me that are just like huh like I get it like you know I do so that brings it to my initial point I do think that a man should have some sort of symbolism to kind of say quote-unquote that he is engaged or I want to say taken but that sounds very property owning and I don't want to make it sound like people are like are able to be property to anybody but i do think that men should absolutely have some sort of like determining factor especially when they're not with their significant other they're not with their fiance you know it would be nice to have some sort of symbolism for us as women when we have that ring on our finger it does you know symbolize that's what it symbolizes it symbolizes the world that we are going into this commitment with this individual that's where it's headed it's not the final one because i mean uh you know some people just do um uh, uh, do the both bands they do the engagement and the and the wedding band some people just uh do the the wedding band right so i know it works different ways some women i think they wear both or uh once once the uh wedding band is on they'll take the engagement ring off and then they just rock the band because they don't want to necessarily have the two rings for whatever reason um they have but um when i heard about this watch thing i was just like what (laughs) like i was just in disbelief because i don't know how wearing a watch would signify that i also find that highly problematic because you know i can't say i can't speak for most men obviously but i can assume that many men wear watches so how could you determine the difference so which is interesting i'm sure you guys were thinking that too so i read this article on a what i think it's called the gentleman's the gentleman's journal it's like this article that i googled online when i was researching about the engagement watch and um basically the man is supposed to wear like a quote-unquote high-end expensive top tier top of the line we're talking like the Cadillac of watches like a Rolex or something, right? That's the determining factor. When you see that Rolex on that man's hand, then you know. Again, problematic. I don't see how wearing a Rolex on your freaking left wrist symbolizes anything regarding an engagement. 
you could just be a man who really really likes to rock a rolex how does that determine that you're also taken so if a woman a single woman at that was supposed to i don't know approach you know a single man quote unquote again single we're thinking because i'm sorry i don't know how many people think about watches for engagements roll up to this man and just look at his watch and be like hmm, he's taken he's rocking a rolex or a very high-end expensive watch to me, that's not a credible, uh, very, like, it's not a known thing. Like I said, I wouldn't even have known about it myself had I not listened to uh, the clickbait podcast today. Like, I would have never known anything about that at all. So to me, I'm just completely dumbfounded as to how and why um, someone would have suggested that be a thing i absolutely love what becca and thomas did that they both are rocking in engagement rings um i don't know what what the wedding situation is going to look like for in thomas's case because you know in becca's case it's different right she has an engagement ring she'll get a wedding band after but in thomas's case does he rock two bands is it the same band then they just kind of like bless it for the ceremony i'm not quite sure how that works with regards to the men for the engagement i absolutely love the idea though of a man rocking that quote-unquote taken band if you will because a watch just i don't get it but i thought it was very interesting so i wanted to definitely share that with you guys thought it was a nice little tidbit of information that went out there all this to say my lovely tangent but all that to say um engagement watches it's a thing guys i don't know how many people (laughs) do this i'd love to know i'd love to hear stories about that at some point or uh you know um converse about it with others but um it is it is it's 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 something it's something very interesting especially with where i'm at at my age in life a lot of of people i know indirectly or directly are you know embarking on marriage and all that or maybe contemplating engagement with their significant other would have you it's the time for where i'm at in my life right now and people that i surround myself with so i'm very interested on those perspectives and even more interested on couples who are now married and if they've ever if they've ever thought about this if it's ever crossed their mind did they know about it and what their thoughts are so it's very interesting so yes switching gears to my real housewives recap guys i'm not gonna make this too too long but you know for those of you who are willing to listen and continue listening past this point stay tuned so yes my recap of beverly hills let's start off with beverly hills first okay where do i begin beverly hills like i said is giving it's serving there is so much to like unpack but you know it is a recap so i will recap up until this point you know we started the episode or rather the season let's start there we started the season with some very heavy content content about you know dorit's home invasion and that just being like all kinds of like messed up horrible like the fact that this thing happens to people is just like crazy and i guess unfortunately when you do share your like big portion of your life with the world on that level and celebrity status level because it seems to me that there seems to be a lot of home invasions that take place in uh, in in uh, in um not not necessarily beverly hills but california lately i've been hearing of celebrity home invasion seems like a thing which is like awful you know no nobody wants it especially you know children are there involved you know 
her being held at gunpoint like fearing for her life not knowing if they're gonna kill her and god knows what it's insanity so all that still is kind of unfolding as the episodes are progressing down to uh this week's episode you know kind of you see dory kind of rehashing that with pk and you know wanting to kind of rise above it overcome it because she has this wild these wild bouts of anxiety and she's just been super 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 heavily affected by it it's been really you know jarring for her and of course she has a really significant source of ptsd but towards the end of the episode you see that she's now um seeking therapy for it and she's doing um this type of cognitive therapy that really gets you kind of back into that place and kind of channeling the feelings that are coming over you as you mentally allow yourself to go back to that moment where the trauma happened and kind of learn to i guess learn coping mechanisms to deal with it which is great to see her you know getting the therapy that she needs for that and hopefully getting to a better place but um my gosh uh pk suggests that uh dory take a couple of days off from her life here in beverly hills and uh or there rather in beverly hills i do not live in beverly hills <laughs> and uh go with the girls on a little getaway for a few days so we do know that the next episode i think is taking place in mexico the girls actually jet off to mexico because uh so said so done that is the trip that uh dory is organizing and the girls land there and uh the drama continues of course so we'll see that play out in the next episode but it's good to see i love i love me a real housewives girls trip they're the best they're the always the most exciting and you get to really get tea being spilled because you know they're all in the, the relatively all in the same room at all times whereas when they're filming the show in the city where they typically reside in this case beverly hills there's a lot of like segmental portions so when there's a trip bring on the drama you get to see it we just kind of wrapped up the episode uh here this last episode with uh um them kind of back from la quinta i think it was where they had uh, attended kyle's uh what you call it kyle's um kyle's um um a store opening if you will with shahida i think it is so you got to see the drama kind of unfold there with the whole Sutton versus uh, Crystal drama that had taken place last year with uh, the whole incident of where um, Sutton had walked in on Crystal, I guess, kind of like semi-nude or maybe completely nude. I'm not sure. She was in the process of changing and Sutton was going to return a coat that belonged to her in her room and uh, she kind of caught her in, in the moment where she was in the midst of changing and... Um, Crystal has openly spoken about it on the show that she struggled with an eating disorder and just like body issues and things like that. So, um, it's it, it's become uh, it's become a thing yet again because it was a big point of contention last season and it's kind of found its way spewed into this season because um, the the ladies get into it from uh, last week's episode about how um, you know uh, Sutton is on this insensitive train and she has as diana calls it the new housewife that's joined the group this season um she's very clumsy with her words so sutton attends i don't think she intends to be malicious with her words but sometimes she does say things that i agree are clumsy are a little bit spaced cadetty very like not very sympathetic because she kind of 
kind of downplayed Dorit's home invasion and like kind of you know sorry that that happened to you but I have things going on in my life she couldn't get the fashion designer that uh this week's episode started out with from France the kind of uh, or she was having issues rather with immigration getting him to come from France to Beverly Hills for um for um I don't really know if it's a store opening it's her store has always been open but it was like I guess just the I don't know, like a season, a season kind of, she does it, she's done it like uh, the last couple of episodes where she has like an event that takes place at her, her clothing store called Sutton, uh, in Beverly Hills. And, uh, she was kind of, um, alluding to Kyle when her and Kyle had the sit down, like a day after Dorit's home invasion, that she was going through this immigration issue with getting this, a fashion designer friend of hers to come to the country and be there to kind of launch this new collection, joint collection that she has with him and downplaying in a, in, in, in many ways, um, her being kind of triggered by Dorit's situation or her father actually, um, died by suicide uh, by a self-inflicted gun wound. So I think she feels a bit of PTSD, traumatic moments from that. So when she heard about Dorit's incident, it kind of sparked up those feelings for her. And then uh, when it was rehashed or kind of re-spoken about with Kyle at, uh, at, I think it was, I feel like it was, I don't know whose house it was, but they were having a conversation, Kyle and and Sutton, and um, it kind of came off like, Sutton was being a little bit insensitive or trying to make it seem like her her uh, crisis rather with this celebrity designer was like a more important issue, which is horrible. But, you know, again, Sutton is very clumsy with her words. For those of you who know Sutton and gone to see her on these all these seasons of uh, Beverly Hills, she could be a bit yeesh with some of the her word choices. They're not always the best. She's an, I don't think she really thinks before she talks on certain things. That's just my opinion. But uh, yeah, so the episode recap, though, more focused on um, on uh, the most recent episode. You kind of get to see their last day in La Quinta before they go back to Beverly Hills, you know, um, this drama with Sutton and uh, Crystal kind of re- resurfaces back up because, um, again, she, uh, Crystal rather, has always felt that um, the ladies downplay her feelings and emotions and that her emotions and feelings and the way she phrases words don't matter. But in Sutton's defense, she felt that her and Crystal had resolved their conflicting issues that they had last season. And now it's finding its way into this season. And it's kind of overshining the situation that happened to Dory. And it's just been this really big juxtaposition of like, whose trauma's worse? And I'm like, why are we like arguing about whose trauma's worse? Both traumatic experiences that happened to both people. So, you know, Crystal feeling quote-unquote violated her words not mine about the incident of Sutton kind of walking in on her mid-changing clothes mid-nude in her bedroom when she was coming to return her coat and then fast forward to this season and Dorit's home invasion it's kind of like they both have had their respective traumatic experiences let's not try and like outshine one's trauma for another it's absolutely freaking ridiculous and these ladies like I mean again they need to give us content and drama for us to watch but it's it's 
quite frankly petty so you know it is what it is but we'll see how that unfolds a little bit more because i know that drama kind of spills into next week's episode and i think hopefully we get the end of it because crystal kind of alluded that her reason of her not really getting over things is because there was so much more that sutton had said that uh that night post uh them rehashing uh the violation and like everyone kind of being on the defensive that like Sutton didn't violate you you're blowing things way out of proportion you're making it bigger than it seems and there was also this uh incident with um Sutton kind of um alluding to the fact that she sees color that she doesn't see color so for those of you who don't know that reference it's basically um individuals that speak on the fact that um they don't see black or white or asian or hispanic or whatever they just see everybody the same it's an extremely problematic statement i being a black woman could 100 percent attest to that people that say that they don't see color i understand the notion that you're trying to get at but if you don't see color it's extremely problematic and that's like a whole other episode that i can definitely get into in terms of racial topics but to kind of shed light for that going back on the two in the two situations that Sutton and um Crystal were arguing about last season how it's kind of spilling over to this season uh, it's kind of like Crystal kind of made it seem like her and Sutton have patched things up and they're like thick as thieves and closer than ever but it seems that there's still a lot of trauma there with those two incidences and there was more that happened that I guess we the audience and the ladies there in the show aren't aware of and not privy to so all the ladies want to know what is it that Sutton could have said that was so bad that kind of justified you you know feeling so traumatized and violated and like for lack of a better expression or how she chose to say it it was like some of the things that Sutton had told her were very dark and questionable especially when it borders along race and just to give context Crystal is a uh, Asian American woman and uh, Sutton is a um, Caucasian American woman if you will so you know it, it already it's a lot of very problematic but for those of you who watch the seasons of uh beverly hills like religiously like i do you'll kind of understand where i'm coming from and it's like what could she have said so bad that sent crystal like still not sent crystal on edge but more so that she is still on edge a whole year later because this is like we're talking like seasons apart and these seasons like aired a year apart so that to me was probably the most drama of this episode they're little tidbits here and there you know but the main centered focus of of this episode in recent um speaking is you know dorit's uh dorit kind of learning how to uh deal with the aftermaths of the home invasion and the sutton versus crystal drama so i can't wait to see how that unfolds so just a little kind of snippet of a recap for y'all moving forward to what i think might be my new real housewives installment is real housewives of dubai it premiered on wednesday night like i said earlier and when i tell you i thought the beverly hills women were like the epitome of class dubai sets it on a whole other level i mean i always know the uae to be like gold this gold that rich and fabulous and glamorous but you get to see the production and content in 
the episode in the premiere we get to meet all the new ladies there's a uh, caroline stanberry who was on a former bravo tv show for those who watched i personally don't know her until now but ladies of london i believe so apparently she's resurfacing back to the screen and a lot of people were excited for her and i could totally see why because she is very entertaining television for sure then we meet um i'm gonna try and remember all their names because they're brand new to the uh, bravo world the rest of them aside from caroline stanberry but there is caroline brooks so we have two carolines so if i ever recap them on the podcast i'm going to refer to them as stanberry and brooks and you'll know that they're both carolines just for those who are listening and then also watch the show because then the recaps will just be easy because you'll know what i'm talking about <laughs> but yeah so we have caroline stanberry caroline brooks we have um i think think the jamaican housewife and i should know her name i feel like it's nia or lisa i'm not sure don't quote me but i think it's nia then there's nina and then there's ayan chanel ayan is her name i think a lot of them call her by a lot of the housewives on this franchise or this installment call each other by their last name so i get confused but it's chanel ayan who is the first black model what what black girl magic right there in dubai that is huge and um i feel like i'm missing a housewife there is one more that i am missing i can't remember all their names but anyways when i start recapping in weeks to come we'll get to know all their names a little bit better they're all new to me but uh these women are the epitome of luxurious and wealthy and it's very entertaining to watch the production value is amazing it reminds me of uh real housewives ultimate girls trip the very first installment that they just had with the ogs that aired uh, uh late last year early this year can't even remember now i feel like it was february of this year um and uh the reboot of real housewives of miami like the production quality is just it's gold it looks like a netflix reality tv show so if you guys know netflix reality tv shows and the content at which they air their their shows their shows like selling sunset or bling empire or the circle or any one of those shows or love is blind what have you the production quality is just as good as netflix it's amazing and i've never seen a bravo show let alone a real housewives installment come correct like that in the production quality and what they're giving head to toe glam uh you know confessionals where we get to see their their uh, their bts's like you know full view of their outfits it's amazing uh dubai too i mean you can see it dubai screams wealth like just gold everywhere gold everything uh these women are definitely serving in terms of the drama like the drama that's about to unfold as i said i don't know all the characters yet but just to give you guys a little bit of a snippet you get to see that there's a lot of like frenemy from frenemies is that the word frenemies and like you know real legit friendships i'm loving uh chanel and i want to say her name is nia i keep messing up her name i should really get her name correct but um yeah the uh the friendships that you get to see on there the ladies going out to lunch it's a very glamorous and the drama that's ready to unfold is just I'm, i'm i'm here for it i am so excited for um what's to come from this installment um sarah sorry there's sarah there too so that was i think it was the last housewives that i was missing from the um 
from the uh, franchise i just have to get the name of uh chanel's uh celebrity that uh, chanel chanel celebrity sorry chanel that uh, chanel's uh best friend excuse me of the show that i am definitely feeling it's let least it's lisa okay it's lisa so chanel and lisa already my favorites i love them caroline stanbury love her too all these women are like badass like i there's nothing else that i can honestly say um i'm excited to um see how they unfold uh the episode wasn't really giving drama just yet there was a little bit of like you know this person didn't get invited to this party because she's not friends with uh uh one particular housewife like basically chanel and uh chanel and caroline stanbury have like some sort of beef they're not close so chanel was not invited to caroline stanbury's um as she calls it a hen party apparently in britain britain a hen party is another name for a bachelorette party so because they have beef uh, she wasn't invited to caroline's uh bachelorette party so there's a little bit of drama circling around that and a lot of she said she said so not too much drama but i'm 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 committed because of the glitz and the glam and the production value like i said bravo did their did their their due diligence on making sure that the wealth that is dubai is screaming through the tv so i'm excited to see that all unfold you guys so i'm gonna wrap up this segment um which is saying i want to acknowledge the fact that june is also known as pride month so happy pride to all that are you know celebrating and let alone to everybody i mean love who you love love is love and you know i definitely love the fact that um the uh lgbtq community plus community is getting the acknowledgement that they so rightfully deserve their pride should not be limited just to one month it should expand every every 365 days of a year um and i just want to shout out to that the fact that it is pride month so uh happy pride to all and uh yeah i want to make sure that everyone's having a great uh rest of the week i'm so happy for those of you who continue to tune in and listen in i've been getting some feedback and i'm loving it it's a passion project of mine i'd love to do it as a full-time career but you never know For now, it's my little therapeutic session to share with y'all. And I'm so happy for you guys to tune in and, you know, listen in. And I can't wait to give you guys more content in the coming weeks. My goal is that I get some um, guests to kind of, you know, spar with, banter with, and just have good conversation. A little bit of girl chat with my girls, hopefully. A little bit of, you know, boyfriend versus girlfriend perspective with my boyfriend, Joey. And um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, see what's next to talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, I love my entertainment news and headlines for y'all. So these are very exciting moments for me. I would have loved to have deep dived more into my Real Housewives of atlanta and dubai but they weren't you know atlanta wasn't on this week i didn't feel like rehashing what was last said just because i don't feel like it was giving as much at the time dubai just 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 started uh the franchise this week so hopefully i have more for y'all in the coming weeks with my recaps of that but until then have a great rest of the week um love y'all thank you for listening peace out